In this episode, Diana's back. Yay, Diana! You won't be hearing her right this second because we're recording this intro after the fact. Because we forgot. (laughs) It happens, though. It happens. Mm -hmm. But this is a cool episode. We're talking about primarily things that current Mormons do that irritate Diana. (laughs) Because we weren't allowed to do them as we we were... um, like the and, nuancey things that some current Mormons allow, mm-hmm. but were not allowed when you all were going to church. At least your experience in Mormonism would not allow you to wear a bikini, for instance. Well, let's be honest. They still are not allowed. But people talk, are doing it but anyway. people are doing it anyway. Some people. And feel fine about it. Right. So that's yeah. the big basis for our conversation. Mm-hmm. We also have a surprise foom pod. <laughs> it's out of the fucking blue. Out of the yep. blue. Yep, yep, yep. So that was fun. Uh-huh. Uh, there's probably some other stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. A, bit, a bit of an announcement from Diana. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Uh, it's a good episode, I think. Yeah. Maybe think, I'm just biased. I think the people should listen. <laughs> Are you shitting people? Yeah. So Shelly highly recommends that you listen. You should listen. And we have a new nickname for Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what did we say it was? Well, people need to listen to hear it. Yeah. That might not come until the end. We'll see. Whatever. Just listen. Just listen, goddammit. Please. Always. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll be right back. (laughs) All righty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter Day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl. Just trying to figure out her life. Gay girls. Plural. We have another ex-Mormon gay girl. Can you please introduce yourself? No, we don't. Wait. (laughs) You're Mary. I'm Shelly. And we have Diana. Hi, I'm back. I don't know that I would use the word gay to describe me, though. That doesn't fit right. Maybe we should just talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about it, I'm pretty sure. I think we're talking about it right now. Right Can I now. intro this? Everyone's dreams have come true. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's dreams and everyone's like, oh, God damn it. Finally. It's about time. <laughs> we all knew. Took her long enough. Jesus. <laughs> should we? Look, everyone has their own time of figuring these things out. <laughs> uh, should we kind of clarify what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. We can do that. Who will be most excited for this announcement? Me, because I was right all along. So you go ahead and announce <laughs> no. what you want to say. Nope, I it's am not. It's your news, Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Diana. My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as queer. Well, then there you go. Cat's out of the bag. We kind of <laughs> always knew. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sure I kind of well, always knew, well, too. What does that mean to you, Diana? Ooh, you know, I knew we were going to talk about this, and somehow that question still has caught me off guard. (laughs) Huh. Um, What it means to me is that I was raised, like many people, to just define myself as cishet because that was the only safe and acceptable option. Mm -hmm. And as I have grown up and allowed myself to— be in relationships with other human beings that identify other ways other than cishet, I am coming to feel differently about my own identity and my own attractions to people. So that's what that means to me. I am in a cishet-presenting relationship with a cishet-presenting partner. Mm-hmm. And that would be uh, Brother Ben? It would be Brother Ben. <laughs> it is It is still Brother Ben. I love it. Um, I love it, too. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that doesn't fit anymore. People are going to ask the question, well, why does it matter? Like, you're married to a dude, you're cis at presenting, who cares? Why does right. it matter? So, for me, it matters 
because I personally like labels for myself. Whatever anybody else feels or wants for themselves is fine. But for me, it's always been helpful. Um, And they change. Clearly, they change. Mm -hmm. But it's always been um, something that I like that is comforting to me. A lot of it centers around my hair. We have a lot of conversations about my hair. So you have queer hair. I have queer hair. (laughs) So what I would like to say is that I was the one, because it's always about me, who Diana trusted to shave her head initially That's post-Mormonism. Right. Yeah. And that was actually a really special moment for me. Really I know. I, I think we've probably, I'm sure we have talked about that. It was five years ago and I had always wanted to shave my head and Shelly was my friend. And mm-hmm. so I asked her to shave my head and she did. For five years plus, mm-hmm. I have had queer hair, what some might call queer hair. It's gotten me recognized two different mm-hmm. times. People have known me from the podcast literally because I'm ex-Mormon with the lesbian hair. Like that is what has been said to me, which is super, I love it. It's kind of hot. I love it. Yeah. So I was growing my hair out. I guess I felt like I was supposed to like, oh, you can have this fun kind of radical, cool, different hair, but you can only have it for so long. Eventually you have to grow it back out. Right. And then I just started to feel less and less like myself when I looked in the mirror. And I was like, this isn't right. Why am I doing this? And it took some introspection and I realized I wanted to cut it all off again Mm -hmm. and that I never have to grow it back out if I don't want to. You have to do whatever you just— Right. Right? But it was kind of revelatory for me at the time. Like, realizing why I was doing it was to conform to these, like, standards of the way that I was supposed to look or the way that I was supposed to present— And at the same time, I was having like some different feelings about my own physical body and how I was looking in clothing and just the way that things were changing for me. And we can also talk about why I had the room to even know that any of that stuff was happening in a second. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't have to present this way. I can have my hair however I want. I can dress more androgynous. I am almost 36. Isn't that crazy? It is. And it's because I'm on Lexapro. (laughs) (laughs) Which is another interesting thing to discuss. But I have a question about the hair still. Yes, please. So you call it queer hair. Yeah. Queer. Sorry. Queer. I couldn't. couldn't. Queer. Okay. Okay. Love it. Um, There are probably a lot of heterosexual identifying women with similar haircuts. Oh, sure. Sure. So has this, though, become sort of a badge for you? Is your queerness at all connected to your haircut? So I am connected to my haircut, like myself as a person. And Kimberly and I talked about that, how I have a real attachment to the identity that my hair brings me. I'm noticeable. I'm memorable. It is like sort of a conversation topic. It is generally unique, particularly where I live, because I'm just like in the heart of suburbia with kids at the community pool and whatever. And so I am an anomaly and I like those things. I think it makes me unique. I guess it would be different for everybody, but to me, it kind of is identifying that way. Like it is representative of my queerness, Hmm. which before these were all things that were happening that I wasn't, I have changed the language that I use. I guess I just didn't realize it and it changes and may change again. I hold things very loosely, but for me, I think it does represent that. What a huge contrast to back in our Mormon days oh, where yeah. you weren't allowed to hold loosely to anything. No, and you I You were this way and that was it. Yeah. There was no changing. You never would think, you know, I'll do this for now, but maybe I won't. Let- no, you do this forever. Right. Eternity. Yeah. And it's funny to make like the TikTok jokes, but seriously, that community of queerness and of expansion 
I think has been really revelatory for a lot of people, myself included, of just seeing different people and how people present and how people communicate. And it's just been helpful, I think, for me as a ex-fundamentalist. <laughs> Ex-cult <laughs> member. Ex-member well, of a satanic sex cult. It's funny because, okay, so <laughs> I have been lesbian identifying since the 80s. And what year were you born, Diana? Just mm. throwing, okay, go ahead. Oh, I could have birthed her probably, for sure. Um, Don't you think? What's her age difference? Is it 20 years? I think we're 20 years apart. I'm about to be 36, and you just turned? 55. 55, so yeah, you absolutely could. Could have birthed you. Could have birthed me. Yeah, if my hormones had ever worked correctly. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other story. Yes, I was born in 1985. Yeah, totally could have birthed you. Mary. I was in college. Time is a construct, <laughs> just in case I haven't said that ever before on the podcast. And age ain't nothing but a number. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you. Um, unless there's some sort of... Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it does matter sometimes. <laughs> it matters it does sometimes. Matter. It really yes. does. It's yes. very important. There are legalities, people. Yeah. Yes. Make See. sure everyone you're involved with sexually, romantically, or otherwise is over 18. Just going to put that out there. Consenting... Consenting actual adult. Yes. yes. If you are an adult... You need to <laughs> yeah. make sure that your partner is a consenting yeah. adult. Adult. Uh, just to tease an upcoming episode, we are kind of talking about my parents right are now. Are going to so get into that? that? Oh, are, yeah, my gosh. We're going to get into Listeners, it. holy mm-hmm. shit, we've got some shit coming. Some discoveries. Yeah. yeah. And Mary's um, shaking the family tree. and um, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. I mean, it, it explains so much of my own trauma and my experience. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd maybe yeah. have a mental one of the mental health professionals that you are. Um, <laughs> That's what Shelly said. Uh, you should maybe have one of them be <laughs> here for that. I, that. I think maybe that okay. needs, that would be helpful. Have we wrapped up the queer um, hair discussion? We did wrap up the queer hair discussion. I mentioned the Lexapro, but we didn't get into it. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Lexapro. So I have struggled with depression my whole life, as many people do. So I'm very pro-medication if you need it and are advised by a doctor to take it. And I am very pro-therapy. And because I'm so pro-therapy and was feeling a little bit like a hypocrite because I was not actively in therapy, Ben and I started going to couples therapy. And really why we started going to couples therapy was because we felt like it was the most efficient way to get therapy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then we realized it's really fucking hard. And (laughs) Wait, couples therapy is hard? (laughs) I know. And our therapist is amazing. I love her so much. But like— you know, they make you, like, look in each other's eyes and say difficult things. And it was really hard. <laughs> we did not. I do not care for it. I, it's actually, we were noticing. Should there be a warning? Like, should they tell you what you're getting like, into? We're, you're going to, like, have to feel things. And you're going to have to feel things together. Oh. And for someone who thought that they were feeling all the things, that was me. Mm-hmm. And for someone who tries really hard to not feel anything, that was Ben. <laughs> it was really an interesting experience. We've noticed how much easier it's gotten to yeah. look at each other and to say really hard things and to hold those emotions with people. But Ben's like, oh my God, people can hold emotions with me? That's amazing. Well, okay. Can we actually define what that means? Because you hear that expression yes. and I'm not sure exactly what So that means. in this therapeutic context, what it looks like is we would have to look at each other and say, I am feeling sad. And I'm feeling sad because X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. for me, what that then looks like is that I dissolve into uncontrollable sobs. So that is actually what vulnerability is for me. Like, it's not what it is for me, but in my experience, when I am truly vulnerable, like when people talk about that, my true vulnerability is 
always associated with tears and a lot of tears that I often worry will never stop. Mm. And so for a long time, I felt like I had a really easy time with vulnerability because I am open about things. And what I've discovered is that I would talk about vulnerable things, but I would not be actually feeling vulnerable feelings. Because for me, when I feel the vulnerable feelings, I'm hysterically sobbing. Mm. For Ben, it's more because he he has a lot more anxiety than I do. It will feel like constriction. So it's very embodied. So like really feeling like what you're feeling in your body. Like when you say this thing or when you think about this thing, what are you feeling? Where do you feel that? Are you tight in your shoulders? Do you have a pit in your stomach? Like what is happening? And he is has an easier time actually identifying that than I do. But anyway, so it would look like us sort of turning to each other, saying that difficult thing, and actually like feeling that thing and allowing that person to feel that with you, to help Mm. you take it. So like we'll be holding hands or he'll like put his arm around me. For me to him, it's more often me just like holding his eyes and like being with him. It's a pretty amazing experience when you have someone that is trusted and safe that you can do that with because it literally does feel like someone is holding that for you. They're not trying to explain it away. They're not trying to fix it. They're just hearing the way that you're feeling about something and allowing you to feel it and being in that with you. Mm -hmm. So that's what it has looked like for us. And it's been really good and really helpful because it mostly illuminated things that we thought we were doing well or didn't know that we were doing poorly. And has helped us, like, connect in a different way. That's great. So it was good. But then it also was like, oh, I should probably put my money where my mouth is and actually get on meds. Now that we've gone through 15 (laughs) months of a pandemic, Mm. maybe now's the time for me to finally do this thing that I've been talking about for over a decade. And it was really, really, really hard. Yeah. And, Shelly, I don't know if this was your experience, but, like, I've gone to the doctor with the intention of getting meds before, and I've called psychiatrists before, and no one's ever called me back because our mental health care system in this country is completely fucked. Mm -hmm. And I went to the doctor, and I told, like, the check-in girl that I wanted to get on depression meds. I told the nurse that was checking me in. Like, I had to do it every step of the way because I had chickened out so many other times. like, if I tell everyone and the people in the parking lot, yes, someone. I told specific friends that I was intending to do this so that they would hold me accountable to it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so hard. Why is it so embarrassing to ask for meds? I didn't feel like it was Oh, what was it? Yeah, yeah, what was it for maybe you? Maybe I did feel like it was embarrassing. So I still do sometimes, and I hate that because who the fuck cares? Like, I need this. So I am someone who I have been able to do kind of like the typical things where it's like, okay, you eat like super nutritiously. You yeah. exercise regularly. You get sunlight. You mm-hmm. have, like, I'm an extrovert, so like make sure you're going to. There have been times in my life when my mental health has been better mm-hmm. because I've been doing these things. Self-care. Self-care, Sure. What I had to accept for myself to overcome that kind of guilt over like, well, I should just, I should. I was shooting all over myself. And so it was like, well, I should just be doing this. I should just blah, 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 blah. And what I had to finally accept was like, we live in a capitalist, patriarchal, white supremacist, imperialist society. For me to do all of these things that I, quote, should do is nearly impossible for me to— consistently do this? That's so hard. It's holding yourself to an unattainable standard. And I need help. 
it's almost like we're trying to fit ourselves into this way of life that we have to here, and it kind of goes against who we are. Not everyone. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone struggles to fit, and that's fine. But it's like having to do the things to make this society and make us fit in and, and go day by day kind of fights against who we are. And then it's the anxiety and the struggle and the depression. And it just doesn't fit. No matter how hard you try, how hard you do all the things, when there's still this feeling of like, Ugh, you know? So I had a question about uh, what you were saying with needing help to get maybe get things done mm-hmm. or whatever you were shooting on yourself. You realized you needed help to do that. And yeah. the help came in the form of a medication. Yeah. Was there embarrassment about I need help to do the things that I want to get done or I think I should get done. There probably has been at times of my life, but I think sort of shifting the blame off of myself and more onto just unattainable standards was helpful. Like, I didn't impose these things on myself. I didn't impose these requirements on myself. They just came in whatever form that they came in. And I had to shift the blame from like, I'm holding myself to this thing and I can't achieve it. I need help onto like other forces are telling me I have to achieve this thing. And I may not even want to achieve that thing, Mm -hmm. but I need help. And taking this medication for me has allowed room in my brain. That's how I explain Mm. it. Now there is. is. Now there is. Okay. I'm not constantly running this existential loop on one side of my brain I actually have room in my brain to think about other things and also to relax. That is something that I have not realized is that I was not ever relaxing Mm. because we live in this overproductivity, produce, 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 produce all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't ever relaxing. And that's why my children were stressing me out. And that's why I was irritable all the time. Because it's like this motor that just like runs in the back of your brain. And it has literally been life-changing for me. But you had mentioned that you chickened out to get on medication a number of times. So many times. Why? So it was back to when I was feeling like I shouldn't need help. I should be able to do this on my own. Because I don't have major depressive episodes. I have something that is more classically called dysthymia. So I just sort of have like this low-grade depression all the time. We've talked about the Enneagram before on the podcast. I'm a four. I feel things. I feel a lot of things. And that was just sort of how I operated. I'm a happy extroverted person, but well, I wouldn't call myself happy, actually. I am an, <laughs> I am an extroverted person, but I just sort of had this low-grade hum all the time. And to keep myself higher, I felt like I should be able to just do this Hmm. on my own. Or that I was stuck in a—I mean, I've talked on here about, like, having all these kids that maybe wasn't the right—not right or wrong decision, but I might have made a different decision Mm -hmm. had I had different opportunities presented to me. Sure. If I had seen— Were you not raised Mormon? Right. (laughs) Say say what it is. Right. If I had not been raised in a satanic sex cult, I might not have gotten (laughs) married at 19 and had three kids right away. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a version, maybe there's a sliding doors reality Uh that I don't take Lexapro because I have a life that is set up differently and that I don't feel like that's a thing that I— need. And now I'm just like, God damn it. I'm kind of glad I didn't do it a decade ago because I feel like I appreciate the change so much more now. 
darkness and light. Oh, geez. Are we back in the temple? Oh, we just went to the temple. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I appreciate everything so much more now. Yeah. Because— When you can tell the difference, because I know last time we went down to the cottage, I forgot my meds. Oh, um, yeah, that was rough. It was rough. So I knew it was going to hit, right? I'm very sensitive, and it's been a very stressful time for us. And sure enough, about halfway through the day, it was like, I just don't, mm. I don't want, you know. And so we came back. <laughs> I don't want. I don't, I don't want. want. Like, you just don't I want. I just don't yeah. want. Life yeah. isn't working for me right now. Yeah, this yeah. isn't. This isn't. <laughs> totally. So we went back to your, um, like, fifth cousin's house, whoever, Tom. I said, I'm going to go lay down and take a nap. And I had still forgotten. He's my second cousin. Sorry, whatever. Anything <laughs> first cousin wants removed? Yeah, second I don't cousin. know. We don't know. Mm, Full on second straight cousin. Straight up second cousin. Love yeah. that you know that. So I'm social, right? We get back and I just want to oh, go not. lay down. What are you talking about? Shot it. <laughs> you don't know yourself. Yeah. I just want to go lay down. So I went and lay down. And I think I texted you, Mary. I was like, I'm super anxious right now. And you were like, you were going to go back and take your meds again. I'm all, oh, that's right. So I ended up taking them mm-hmm. halfway through the day. But I could literally feel myself slowly kind of coming out of this wanting to just lay in bed and curl up all day. So these meds, it's magical. We're not doctors. No. We're not prescribing anything. Nope. But for those of you that were like me and thought that you might benefit from this thing, I just encourage you to talk to someone and hopefully find that support and that encouragement to do so. I mean, I don't know how many times you all have been around me. I think you've been around me enough. Do you feel like you can tell a difference in me? Oh, God. Yeah. When we hung out, when we went to Caboose the other day, the other night, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it was, you were so— You were happy. Happy. I know. And chatty. <laughs> right? And you're, you're you know— Yeah. You're, you're definitely not a, chatty and I am upbeat. A, yeah. But, but this was like, you were, you were on. You were on. <laughs> yeah. It's so good to see. And I wasn't drunk. I really <laughs> wasn't drunk. I really wasn't. Yeah, uh, so the shame yeah. surrounding mental illness has got to go. Yeah. yeah. Got to, got to go. So many people, I think, out there just trudging through because they're either embarrassed, they think they should be able to do it. I yeah. mean, that was me. Seven kids, like, yeah. I should be able to do this. This yeah. is this is why I'm here. Yep. This is my divine nature is to be a mother. Like, this is my yep. only purpose, actually. Right. And I am fucking failing, so, you know? you want to know something funny? It's yes. before I left the church and I was— complaining to one of my siblings at some point about all of what you're saying. Like, this Mm -hmm. is hard. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. This is supposed to be our purpose, blah, 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 blah. I'm so miserable. And I remember my sister saying, maybe you should just talk to a doctor about getting on antidepressants. And sometimes I wonder if I would have left the church if I had gone on antidepressants. Like, if it had done for me then what it has done for me now— what I have been like, no, this is fine. And I do like this. And this is my purpose. And maybe I will have a fourth kid. Like, <laughs> Well, it doesn't you know? turn you into a robot. Right. <laughs> but I just feel like a lot of why I left, a lot of what, I mean, I left for every reason you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I am fully aware of every problem. And I fucking hate that cult. I yes. hate it with everything in me. So don't mistake me for being like, oh, maybe I'll go back. That's not it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but that won't work for us. No. no, no, no. But no. the things that really pushed me existentially to figure it out, mm-hmm. to figure out all of the things that were wrong with it that they tried to hide. Yeah. I wonder if I would have had that push if I had been taking meds and was not in that place. Maybe I would have. Maybe I'm misremembering what I was like. You never know. Possible, you but. never know. I don't know, because you're not to the point on this medication where things that still dissatisfy you, maybe they bother you a little less. Sure. But there's still something that you're aware of not working. But I just was so, like, 
I'm a feminist. I'm a radical leftist. Like, none of these things fit within Mormonism. But I wasn't that person then. They're so progressive. (laughs) (laughs) They can watch rated R movies now. You know what? This segues us perfectly. (laughs) It does. You can totally be an LGBTQIA plus ally in the church. (laughs) Right, Shelly? Yeah, absolutely. That totally works. You can totally do that. It's funny because I'm uh, in the group on Facebook called Mormons Building Bridges. Oh. And it's funny because— What? Burn the fucking bridge. Building. What did I say? Burning? No, you said building. Yeah. I right. said burn. But is that like a current Mormon thing? Yes. So it's... <laughs> oh, Does <wow>. not compute. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a group called Mormons Building Bridges. And I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but I really think there's a lot of misunderstanding well, and yeah. how a bridge is built. <laughs> Um, do we need a structural engineer? <laughs> we do. We do. One of the problems is a lot of people in the group are upset. The, the Mormons are upset at the anger that the ex-Mormons have. Oh, my God. And some people will come down to them and say, look, you cannot build a bridge when you are yelling at the people that you're supposedly building a bridge to. Like they, meaning we, are the victims. Don't get mad at us that we are mad. Don't say, well, I can't build a bridge if you're so angry. I don't want your bridge. You right. right. <laughs> I can't build a bridge if you're throwing shit at me. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm throwing shit at you because there's people behind you that are throwing shit at us. Exactly. You are. You st- may not be throwing the shit. You may be a nice person. You may think that LGBTQ plus is perfectly wonderful and God doesn't hate gays. Right. You may think that. Yep. But this church that is behind you and that you give all of your time, talents, everything to, but you claim that you are an ally and you want to build bridges. That church, as much as they say, we love the gays, we love everyone, we're Christ-like, we accept, we love, blah, blah, blah. They will accept you, the gays, and by that I mean everyone who's not the norm of Mormonism. You are more than welcome to come sit in the pews. You're more than welcome to give them money. That's about it. You don't get to get married. Nope, you're going to be lonely. You're going to be lonely. You don't get, because they think they have this power, you don't get to be with your family for eternity. Oh, who wants That's true. Who wants that? But because you can't go to the temple. You can go to the temple if you're gay, if you're lonely and miserable. And maybe you aren't lonely and miserable. But, but a lot of people would be. So why the fuck but, did they not get it? But we know what relationships can do for us. And mm-hmm. we know the importance of them. Mm-hmm. And to resign people to never have that kind of a relationship is cruel and unusual punishment. It's and horrible. it is completely yeah. unacceptable that any institution would require that of someone. Right. Can we back up further? Yeah. Yes. Even before the LGBTQ thing came yes. into everyone's yeah. view. They still hate women. Well, that's never. Gonna <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna yeah, say. They absolutely. Are I women. don't understand any woman who would be part of this organization that treats you like a second-class citizen. Oh, but I don't want all that responsibility. I don't want the that would be so hard. Nerd. Sorry. I don't want that. And the point is, I don't fucking care if you want it or not. You should be able to have it. If, if you, you want, want it. it. Thank and you very much. Yes. Well, that checks pretty much all religions off my list. Right. Yeah. Let's go no. back, you know, to the mid-70s. The way that the LGBTQ plus community is being treated now, that was the black people mm-hmm. back yes. then. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was— Or anyone of color, really. Anyone of color. Anyone of color. Anyone yeah. of color. I mean, you would be treated like a full-on homosexual right now. Like, right. you cannot go to the temple. Right. You cannot be baptized. You you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. Over but something— then when there was enough political pressure— they suddenly had a revelation. Well, why Which, you- by the way, they will absolutely have about the queer community. Oh, but sure. never about women. 
No, never. <laughs> no, about good women. Boy. No. Eventually, I believe that queer people will have more acceptance than women will have right. rights. Oh, I, I agree 100%. That, I don't oh. know if it's going to be 10 years or 20 years. And you know why that's okay? I, I would be willing you to You know why that that's okay? Why is that? Because okay. it's also true of the Muslim religion. It's mm-hmm. also true of the Catholic religion, mm-hmm. uh, probably Southern Baptist. Like, there's so many religions. So the Mormons are like, well, if it's okay for all these religions, we don't have to change that. Right. Well, because God tells them. Group. I you just know. are. You're right. It is a hate group. And another thing that bothers me, there's so many things that bother me. You know, you talk about that LGBTQ plus community will eventually be accepted to be more allowed. And I'm like, why would you want this? Right. And you, you're going to stick around and wait for that? Why? You're going to take their crumbs? Why? Why would you do that? Why? You don't have to take crumbs. You can go somewhere else and yes. eat a full fucking piece of bread. Why yes. would you With take butter their crumbs? And, and like olive oil it's and delicious. shit. It's delicious. Like In a toast. toaster oven? Oh. Toaster. <laughs> no, I'm talking like fresh out of the oven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you're gluten intolerant, that's fine. <laughs> There's another bread you can have that is not the fucking no, sex cult. No, it's cult. magically gluten-free, and it tastes delicious and does not upset yeah. your tummy. It's it's delicious to the taste <laughs> and very desirable. Oh, go we're back in the temple. So what are other things that active Mormons do that we did not feel when we were Mormon that we were allowed to do? Mm-hmm. Well, since I was never a Mormon, I'm going to let you all answer that. But after a commercial break. All righty. We'll be right back. And we're back. Just like that. <laughs> it's so fancy and fun every time. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, every time. so when we, I I posted this on TikTok. We're very multimedia here. If anyone would like to follow me, Diana Darkly. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you are ex-Mormon or ex-fundamentalist, I asked the question of what is something that you see current Mormons do that when you were Mormon, you were never allowed to do? Yeah. My first answer was it's July and I go to the pool and there's a bunch of Mormons at the pool and all these people are wearing bikinis. God. And I'm so pissed. I didn't wear a bikini until I was 32 years old. Were you already out of the church at yes. that point? Okay. Yes. No. I, uh, <laughs> you were teetering. No, I might be lying. I maybe started oh. wearing a bikini when I was like 28 or 29 before I left the church. Ooh, I was so rebellious. Because I did stop wearing my garments before I left the church. So I probably was wearing a bikini around Okay, then. so maybe these people are sort no. of on their way out. So this is the thing. No. Is I know a, I know an active Mormon who recently got their nose pierced. And I said this to some friends and they were like, oh, I give her a year tops. And I'm like, no, because I think active Mormons are just doing whatever they want. Mm. Getting piercings, wearing bikinis. A bunch of them just like don't wear garments. Or they, like, drink when they go on vacation. You're not Mormon. You're not. If you're doing this, you are not Mormon. That's not what I thought it was when we were in it. It drives me bananas. Is it an age thing? Like, is it a younger Mormon experience? I don't believe so, because these people are all my age or older Hmm. that I see doing these things. So one thing that I think has changed the church a lot is the pandemic. I think it will be interesting to see how many people have left yeah. during or or right after. We'll wait for conference and we'll get the accurate numbers. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> accurate numbers. Right. And what is that? That's like the most ridiculous statement ever. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people will leave. I think a lot of people have loosened things. But I also think that as the world becomes more progressive, I shouldn't say call it progressive, but as the world just sort of shifts in mm-hmm. that direction— of more freedom and more autonomy and more individual choices over how you look and how you present and all these kinds of things that we're talking about, 
And as our kids are getting queerer, which I love. Oh, hell yeah. I think parents, I mean, I'm someone, Shelly's someone, like we have accepted these things about ourselves as we've had these children and as it's forced us to kind of contemplate us as people. Yeah. The we're human people that can make our own choices. And I'm happy to see that there are Mormons that do that, but also I'm jealous and angry because I did not get that experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch, like in my active Mormon years, even one rated R movie. Really? Not a single wow. one. And actually— You're a rule follower. I know. I remember when Brent was bitching to me about how there were so many movies that—this is when we were active Mormons—that he hasn't seen. And when he's at work, now that we're you know out in Virginia, he can't relate to these people that they're talking about movies that they've seen. He can't relate. So he was like, I want to see some of these movies so I can relate. And I pulled the whole, well, who do you want to relate with? Your friends or with God? Oh, <laughs> my Boom, God. Boom, judgmental. Oh, oh I pulled that Shelly, that's impressive. <laughs> I got him. Oh, my gosh. If you were a dude, you could have been on the prophet track oh, yeah. with that good, language. Right? We were, we, we so. We I'm were, putting that in my conference talk. We were headed straight for Stake Relief Society president, you and me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's, I mean, this is high as you can get. Was this before or after your nose ring piercing? Oh, this was way before. This yeah. was, okay. this was, probably within a year that we moved out here. Yeah. Because suddenly, you know, Brent was working around people who were not Mormon. Oh, funny. And the conversations were different and he couldn't relate. Um, and so he was bitching about it and I had to be like... So we did watch some rated <gasps> No. Movies. What'd you watch? Yes. So I'm trying to remember, I used to kind of have this informal rule of things where it was like, I won't watch it if it's this, but I will watch it if it's this. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but we did watch rated our movies. You were not a real Mormon oh, then. I guess I was. I, I wouldn't wear a bikini. That's true. I wouldn't wear a bikini. Well, how about swearing? I would never swear as a Mormon. I did not ever swear as a Mormon either. And when we left the church and I started swearing, Ben kind of looked at me one time and I said, I want you to know that this is what's been happening in my head the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I swore as a kid all the time. Yeah, same when I, yeah, like, college. And in fact, I stumbled upon my 13-year-old's TikTok and they say fuck constantly and it cracks me up because I know I was exactly yeah. like that. Like, and I thought my parents couldn't hear me in my bedroom with the door closed and like <laughs> definitely was rapping to like Tupac and whatever and like saying... Not the N-word, but all, but always saying all the other curses. Uh-huh. And yeah, so that was what was happening That's in awesome, my head. That's awesome, Karen. But I didn't. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know what? That was another reason why I cut my hair was that one of my kids was like, yeah, you're looking kind of Karen-ish. And oh, I was no. like, hair appointment tomorrow. <laughs> like, this is, I, that will not stand in this no. Apologies to everyone named Karen. Yeah, no offense to all Karens I mean, come on, out you there. just got to know. You got to, you have to be so not a Karen if your name is Karen. That did you know? Did role. you know that the male version of Karen is Chad? Yes. I didn't know that. My kids told me that. Oh, funny. Chad. Yes. Fuck Funny. Off, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, yeah. Chad. So yeah. a friend named Chad. That's true. Fuck I wonder you, how that falls on him. So. I don't know. I don't think it says. It's definitely not as widespread as Karen, but we're going to. That's we'll, true. We'll, we'll get bring there. it out. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what What else? So we got rated our movies. We got bikinis at the pool. We don't swear. Oh, I got we one. didn't swear. I think they do swear now. Some of them. Shopping they, on Sundays. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I wouldn't even have bought gas nope. on Sundays. Nope. Wow. Nope. It no. was like a big deal if one of us was sick enough that my mom had to go buy like a ginger ale on a Sunday. That was oh, like a huge uh, deal. Yeah. yeah. There there was, when I was pregnant with one of my children, I had somehow the night before Sunday seen a Popeye's chicken commercial. And so the entire Sabbath, Brave and I couldn't get it out of my mind. <laughs> I it, it was so horrible. And so by the end of the day, I'm like, Brent, I don't know. Like, 
I gotta get I No, and when you're sick and pregnant, you just have to eat whatever you're yeah. craving. I had so much Wendy's because that was the only thing that sounded good. Oh, for sure. Popeye's, <laughs> greasy fried chicken. And Brent was like, well, we'll just celebrate this weekend as the Jewish Sabbath. So, Oh, so. my <laughs> God. So, thank you, Brent. He did go and get me Popeye's chicken. and Skirting and, and the rules from skirting the beginning rules. of time, that Hedging asshole. it up, baby. That's funny. Wow. Yeah, shopping Hedging on Sundays. Up. So, that is a generational thing because I have old enough siblings that when they were young, it was still when church was spread out over multiple days. It wasn't mm-hmm. all the meetings were on Sunday. Yeah. They were yeah. throughout the week. Shopping on Sunday was not an issue. My parents used to go to church and then take the kids to Baskin-Robbins on Are you Sunday serious? after church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because wasn't, that wasn't a rule. When correlation hit in like the uh, late 70s, early 80s, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. when things like that happened. Before that, you could shop on Sunday. Yeah, they um, dropped the hammer. They did. Can yes. we insert a quick foam pod? Ooh, yes. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon's phrase of the day. Okay, so today's Foom Pod is correlation? Yeah, Mary, go. Is, it, is that what you just said? Yes, mm-hmm. It is what I said. What the fuck is correlation? You need to guess. You have to come up with something. <laughs> yeah, get, get the exact uh, I'm definition. Gonna, I'm going to get the exact definition, but go ahead. So when correlation hit, I'm trying to think of the context mm-hmm. back in the 70s. It's a bit of a hint, but not necessarily. Well, it sounds like some sort of rule that comes down from the elders. From but, Jesus himself. <laughs> from Jesus. Mm-hmm. But how is that different from... You're but so what's going the thing off. that they update frequently? Like some rule book they update frequently. Oh, the manual? like The the manual. The, Isn't there a manual? Church handbook or something? something okay, like church that, handbook. Yeah. No, that's not it's it. It's not a, any kind of church handbook mm-hmm. thing. Okay, I have no idea what this is. Buzzer, please. So my explanation of it, and then I will read to you some things that I found on the Googles. But my explanation is like, it's basically when the church made everything the same everywhere. So you know how other religions, you can go to different buildings or whatever, and they're not all streamlined. Yeah, they're Uh teaching something different or this person. It is what made Mormonism super streamlined, which is why people are like, I can go to church anywhere around the world. And it's exactly the same. Yeah, and I thought, what a great thing that God is is making sure all of his children are taught the exact same thing. So the movement began in 1960 when Harold B. Lee, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve, took over a committee formidably titled the All-Church Coordinating Council. Their mandate was to coordinate the curricula of the church's various programs, youth organizations, Sunday school, and so on, and eliminate overlap. But Lee, a talented administrator and forceful personality, had grander visions than simply curbing waste. Over the next decade, he successfully revamped the church's organizational chart, consolidating governance in the Quorum of the Twelve and stripping independent authority from the Women's Association, the Sunday School, and the youth programs. He also established a system of review for all publications produced in the church from hymn books to Sunday School manuals to periodicals. This material is now surveyed for theological accuracy and adherence to various church goals. If it is given the official stamp of approval, it is deemed correlated. You have been correlated. Yep. Which means so, also that it comes from God. Like, that's yep. the other interpretation so that it just has. And that yeah. was—and I think that's what combined all the meetings onto Sunday. And also, like, you couldn't go out to eat. You had to keep the Sabbath day holy. They had all Certainly these rules. Certainly couldn't like, swim. No, because uh, Satan no. rules the water. And <laughs> I, so I think, I think older, like, older, older members of the church might have even been allowed— so my one of my grannies drank decaf coffee. Like, that was somehow, like, Whoa. kind of acceptable in older generations. So, yeah. Well, now like it's avoid weird. even the very appearance of evil. Right. I mean, nothing that says Chino. <laughs> no. <laughs> hyphen Chino. No, Chino. no drinks, no drinks yeah. that yeah. say hyphen Chino on it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it might have coffee in it. So Sunday shopping, yeah. rated our movies. 
Let me see if anyone else is asking. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to say. So for those listening, you may not realize we're we're doing this on Facebook Live. And the question came in, uh, did you ever wear tank tops or other sort of contraband? Hands or other, like, do things that, she said, did you ever do things that you knew were wrong or were against what your current standards were? Like, Just to sort as of As you were spite, phasing out. No. Like, to spite the church or something? Um, the big one, of course, was the nose piercing. Oh, yeah. But I don't think I, I didn't do that to spite the church. I knew I was going to catch hell when I went in. For the nose piercing. For the nose piercing. But at that point, I wasn't planning on leaving. I just was frustrated with this whole follow the prophet thing, and I wanted to bring some more Jesus back in, you know, and I was frustrated about the weird shit that had now become from God, like President Hinckley saying that basically he didn't prefer multiple piercings and mm-hmm. shit, and that somehow became a commandment. Right. Um, so I was having issues there, but I, I wasn't intending on leaving leaving. How yet. did you—do you remember how you phased out wearing garments? I do. It was uh, Keith Sweat weekend. Go 90s R&B. Yes. So two of my uh, friends at the time, they surprised me with a concert of Keith Sweat, which was one of my favorites in the 90s. And you turned and hugged one of them and not the other, and it was World War I. Sorry, continue. It was sure. Oh, God. We could do an entire podcast about— Deep cut. Yep, yep. Wow. That was good. And I decided, because I was already questioning, but but again, I was doing that weird, like, Denver snuffer questioning shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was so fucked up. Um, so I decided that week and I was not going to wear garments. And then did you ever put them back on? Uh, yeah. Okay. Off and on. For church, yes. I always wore them to church. Go ahead, Mary. But I think the question is, this could apply to either of you. When you knew you were leaving, did you do anything purposeful to be like, fuck you, church, not, on your way out? Not at church, no. Okay, right, same. Not at church. I think I'm with you. I probably wore my garments. Uh, did you go to church in a dress without garments? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But not I with stopped, shoulders showing. No, no, nothing was showing. I was still wearing garment-appropriate clothing, Yeah, but I was not wearing garments. No, I stopped wearing garments almost a year before I stopped going. Why? Because they are the worst. So, so by, well, yeah, of course. But so I feel is, guilty you, by taking them off? Did you I think they weren't decided, important anymore? Mm, it's hard to remember what I thought. So I am going to share this very specific phasing out of wearing garments. So it first started with like, okay, every— person who gets a period knows mm-hmm. that wearing garments when you have your period it's is horrible. very, very annoying. Uh. So Plus, I, you're supposed to not wear underwear underneath your oh, yeah, garments. Oh, yeah, no. 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 The, the garments lay against the skin to protect you from fire and, and gunshot. Correct. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, they definitely are bulletproof. I forgot. I forgot they were bulletproof. Duh. The first phase was like, okay, well, I'm not going to wear the bottoms when I have my period. And then during the summer, it was like, well, this is just kind of annoying. So, like, I'll just not wear them when I, you know, you have all these rules. You make all these exceptions. And you're like, I guess I just won't wear them this time or I won't wear them this time. And then we went on a family vacation, a family reunion with Ben's family. And I decided to not even bring them with me at all. So I didn't wear them that whole time that we were in Florida. And I wore tank tops and I wore whatever. And then within a very short amount of time, I just stopped. Now, in my experience, the men in my life who have left the church, it has taken them way longer because— Because they don't have periods. Well, they don't have periods. And also, some men have periods, but not all men have periods. <laughs> Mormon men. I see what you're saying. Um, yes, right. Just like to be very inclusive. Thank you for yeah. that. You're welcome. I pride myself on it. Or I, I try. You do great. So they try— It's like shorts and a t-shirt for exactly. them. Exactly. It, it's it not mimics, a big deal. It mimics closer yes. to what they would normally be wearing. Now, mm-hmm. once they stop wearing them and they realize, like, oh, I don't have to be sweating like 
crazy mm-hmm. in this shirt because I have another shirt under it. Or mm-hmm. these boxer briefs are way shorter and I can wear more comfortable clothing. Like, yeah. Ben has great legs. I like him to wear short shorts. Yeah. He couldn't wear garments with those shorts. No. Like, they would be way too long. They go he to your have knee. great legs, by the way. He's got great legs. They're phenomenal. So— it's harder, or not harder for them, but like it just has, in my experience, has yeah. taken them longer to yeah. take them off. But once you just start buying other stuff and then you're like, oh, this underwear is cuter. Oh, this is improving my sex life. Oh, this is more like, he's uh-huh. just like, why would you wear them? But you wore a tank top as a Mormon. But not as a believing Mormon, is this no, correct? No, not yeah. as a believing okay. Mormon. You were, because you were kind of nuanced. I was, yeah. So was, how yeah. is that different than the people you're running into in the pool who are wearing the bikinis? Because I don't think that they would say that they're nuanced. Would you or, have at that time when you were wearing Yes. Tanks? Okay. I would have been like, I'm a feminist. That's not accepted in the Mormon church. I'm trying to make a change from the inside. Blah, 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 okay. blah, 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 so blah. you were at that stage. You were building of, bridges. I was building bridges. <laughs> All of those people, You want to build believe, a bridge? Fucking leave and join me so on my I'm, side. I'm very, I'm being very generalizing, and I haven't actually spoken to these people, so I don't know what they would say. But my yeah. expectation is— in the conversations that I have had with people like this, they're just like, it's our family culture. It's a good way to raise kids, which it's uh, not. It's not. You to all raise kids, it is but, not. Yeah. But they, yeah, they just, they're like, I do what I want. Like, there are Mormons that are just say, like, that they make their own decisions and they do what they want, which I'm like, yeah. uh, You're not a Mormon. It's a great place to raise male narcissists and yes. female codependents. Yes. Absolutely. Let's just it say what great. it is. Yeah. I think of this too when people are like, it's a great way to raise kids, blah, blah. If you could start at zero with no knowledge of any religions, right? You were not born into anything. Oh, my God. That's a dream. Right? <laughs> Let's fantasize but about But you it. get to choose if you if would you like want. a religion or which religion would you want to raise kids in. No one's going to fucking pick Mormonism. Some people I'm do. I'm sorry. Some, Some people, people would. Do. Some people would. would. They? And yes. they do When they currently. know everything. Yes. Oh. Not just the missionary oh. discussions. Knowing everything. Like about the sex cult part. Yeah. When they know the Joseph damage Smith that it does. When they know teenage the, girls. Yes. Correct. Okay. When they know the damage he, the church does. When they know the he history. He was a pedophile. Absolutely. Right. He was a pedophile. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Who would who would do that? So oh, I don't here's know. the thing. I'm I really know. fake it is. I really feel like <laughs> I know some people that would. <laughs> okay, let's do look at look like this. Some people want their life spelled out for them, and right. Mormonism does that for you. But if they understand the damage that this spelling out they does, they don't they think don't. it does damage. That's true. Well, that's and that's what correct. I'm wondering though. If you they start don't. with no knowledge of anything, is this what you would pick? But so this is where language is tricky because what we call damage, they call something else. Good point. I remember having an argument. Plan of happiness. Exactly. I remember (laughs) having an argument Uh with one of my good friends about the confession process Mm. and how I believe it is a disgusting, manipulative practice and inappropriate on every level. Should be illegal. And she believed that it was a really important and necessary step to have to, like, basically verbalize your sin. So Mm. this is another thing. Also, we disagree on what is sin. So like there's so many steps, but if you are operating under this, like this is sin and this is necessary and this will bring you happiness, of course you would choose that thing. But we have to all be on the same page. Like that's why I can't have conversations with people in my family about whether or not I believe in God or whether I'm worried about what happens when we die because they're having a conversation where all of these words have one definition and all of those words have a completely different definition for me. Gotcha. So it just doesn't compute. There's no common ground when to discuss When you say doesn't that. compute, you have to do this and go, does not compute. Does not compute. Thank I'm you. a robot Thank swinging you. my arm. Yeah. So. <laughs> for the listeners out there. Right. I knew I was going to leave. I knew it. In the back of my head, I knew I was going to leave. When you're wearing mm-hmm. tank tops? Yes. Yeah. 
But if anyone had said that to you at the time, you're going to leave, aren't you? Would you have known and would, would you have, have answered said, truthfully? I'm going to try really hard to, because I, my sister said to me, it looks like you're looking for a reason to leave. And I said, I am desperately trying to find reasons to stay. Okay. I didn't want to explode my entire world. So your problem with the bikini wearing folks at the pool is that maybe they're hypocrites? Oh, or? they're definitely hypocrites. Okay. Yeah. In my definition of hypocrites, they definitely are hypocrites. And that is a frustration for me. I am jealous. I am envious. Jealous. Okay. It was. Am I glad that I left the Mormon Church? One hundred percent. Uh huh. Was it really, really hard? Did I want to find another way? Yes. So, are you saying I'm jealous because, like, going back 10, 20 years, I wish I could have had that existence within Mormonism? Yeah, I wish I could have, for whatever reason and however they came to that ability in themselves to make their own decisions and to feel comfortable going to church on Sunday and wear a bikini and drink champagne on their anniversary and watch rated R movies All and this stuff whatever. Like, I would have never. I would have I would never. Have never I would have never. I would have been in the bishop's office every single week repenting well, I mean, I of was. these things. <laughs> I am jealous and envious of that. Now, I hope they don't feel guilt. I hope that those people are not feeling guilt. I hope that they feel like they are adult human beings that can make autonomous choices because they are and they can. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it always goes back to the kids for me and it's yeah. not worth damaging your children mm -hmm. and it's not worth further marginalizing women, children, LGBTQ people, people of color. Well, it is remember, not worth marginalizing any of those people to, to be able to wear a bikini and go to church on Sunday. Let's remember also it damages the boys, too. Oh, it damages—yes, it yes. does. We oh, focus on— And thank you for bringing that up because yeah. it's true. And we've talked about that with Ben, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. when he was on the podcast 10,000 years ago, that he was also damaged by patriarchy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't serve anyone except no. for the person that's in the most power. Right. So— Exactly. I guess Russell M. Nelson's doing great. I don't— Oh, know. he's such a piece of shit. <laughs> Let's talk about—how um, about—I would have never gone to sacrament meeting and then gone home. So that was part of my phase out is mm, like less hours is spent. less hours at church or I would skip a Sunday and Ben would take the kids or Ben would take the kids and I like whatever. We, but there's people we just off. like, ah, I just go to sacrament. Oh, meeting. yeah. Tons. I don't get that. Tons. I don't get that, that either. not allowed. No. Mm. Full three hours. Oh. Full tithe. How about? Oh, people who pay on net and not on gross. Net and not on gross. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was going to say, how about people who take steak conference Sunday and general conference Sundays as time off? Oh, never. Oh, no. You I go, you take your kids, and you suffer through those two hours in oh, that overflow. God, yes! <laughs> the fucking overflow. And you chairs feel and... more righteous because of it. Oh, yeah. And you, you earned post, yourself. You post about it. You Facebook earned days. more blessings. I yeah. mean, if you don't take a picture when you go to the temple, did you even go it, to the temple? You didn't. Are you even temple worthy? Are you, you even temple worthy? If no. a bear shits in the woods and you're not there <laughs> right. to hear it, did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we were assholes. Uh, I'm sorry for the things that I yeah. said when I was Mormon. I finally got, got that shirt for Shelly. Also, yeah. I have a new one to add. For those that listen to lots of podcasts and have been for years, the thing that I have added is I'm sorry for the things I said when I listened to Joe Rogan. <laughs> you were all up in the Joe, oh, Rogan. Was Joe Rogan. You know, we all have our path. That's that's true. And I've come a long way. I've never yes. listened to his podcast. You so. aren't missing a goddamn thing. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is that this entire conversation is based around judgment. Mm -hmm. Ours or other people's? Both. Yeah. Okay. All of Absolutely. it. All of it. <laughs> and I get really frustrated when I can envision I'm imagining an active Mormon's response to this conversation, which, God bless any active Mormon that would ever listen to this. <laughs> There's um, none. 
if <laughs> if an not. active Mormon listens to this and they think you're just judging all these people, you're being so judgmental. Yeah, we are the judges of the Mormons. Yes, right. you're right. I am. And I feel that I was taught to do this. Mm. Some people may not feel like the church taught them to be judgmental of every person and everything and every whatever. I absolutely believe that the church reinforced judgment, hierarchy, Mm -hmm. comparison. Absolutely. Uh I absolutely believe that that is where I got it from. You can get it just like the good things. You can get the bad things from lots of different places. Mm -hmm. Okay? We know this. Our society at large also sort of valorizes these things, putting yourself above other people, comparing yourself to other people. That's the whole thing. It's all a comparison society. But I really believe that the judgment was enforced in that not just the culture, but also in the doctrine, also in the teachings that I got in my lessons. Absolutely. I would argue that till my dying breath. So I realize that we're being very judgmental. We are. It's something I struggle with. It's something I'm working on. But I totally believe that it was reinforced in that place. Oh, for sure it was. The, 100%. The, the basis of Mormonism is putting people into different categories right. to be judged. This right. kind of person goes to this yep. level of heaven. Yeah. Do you like my life? Do you want to have my life? Here, your poor little lowly life that couldn't possibly as be as good as mine. Let mm-hmm. me give you this thing that I yes. have so that you can have you a good can, life yep. like me. Yep. Yeah, so if the first level of judgment is to everyone who has decided to not be a Mormon because yes. we're the one true church. Yes. So I'm going to judge yeah. all the rest of the world who is rejecting this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then the second level is internal. Within the organization. Just being Mormon isn't good enough. There's internal. What else can we judge? Then you gotta be on the bishop track and you gotta be on the presidency track. Uh And you gotta be on the You must be sealed in the temple. You must pay all your tithing. You must, you must, you must. All the things. And I do not fucking believe any person that goes there and doesn't think that they're doing that. Right. And that is kind of what it comes down to is when these sort of nuanced, progressive, whatever we want to call these active Mormons that we've been talking about that, Mm -hmm. that do these things that we didn't feel like we had access to when we were Mormon. Yeah. Like, you're doing that whether you think it or not. Right. And there are people there that are judging you. And you may not care. That's great. I hope for all of us that we can get to a point where we don't care what other people think of us. But that's happening because it is a hierarchical system and it's a patriarchal system. And that is all just like, it's a web. You can't get the chewing gum out of that hair. It is not not possible. There's not enough peanut butter in the world to get chewing gum out of that hair. No, there's not. So we're all... All of us humans are looking for that serotonin, dopamine rush, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What sucks about the Mormon church in particular is they believe that you're going to get that by going to church yep. every Sunday yep. and feeling superior. By yep. being the best Mormon. Yep. Yep, that's so that what I was So that superiority that you yep. feel over others is that happiness feeling? Yes, oh, for and, sure. And that's a lie. It's a lie. And— all of the boxes that you check every time you read your mm-hmm. scriptures, every time you go to the temple, every time you, you go pray, to church, every time you fast evening. for 24 mm-hmm. hours, you get to check this box and you get to say that you're feeling the spirit and say that you're receiving blessings. But all that you are actually doing is relieving yourself of that momentary anxiety of, of I didn't do this. I of I didn't to. do yeah. this thing. No, for sure. It's all just relief. That mm-hmm. box checking, that's that's not the spirit. That's not blessings. It's just relief. Really. Yeah. And of it's relief that, that shouldn't even have to be there in the first absolutely. place. Absolutely. Needing to check that box and needing that relief was imposed on you by this yes. organization. Uh-huh, you didn't, right. like, there's plenty of scientific material that would prove to you that meditating is going to do the exact same mm-hmm. benefits for you that prayer or scripture study would do. It was my comment in Relief Society. It's the one sort of, like, 
comment that I made that made people like sort of uncomfortable and flustered was mm-hmm. when this woman was like, we like to have family scripture study every night because it really brings peace and really like brings our mm-hmm. family together. And I said, uh, I think if you like read Harry Potter as a family, like <laughs> maybe. Maybe not these days because well, J.K. Right. Rowling. I mean, fuck J.K. Rowling. But like. <laughs> um, Before we knew that. Right. Yes. So right. I think if you read like Harold and Piggy, Gerald and Piggy, <laughs> Mo Willems, those fucking books are great. Yeah. I think if you just read those. You just like, sat around as a family and played fucking Uno. Right. <laughs> right? Like that you would make you feel good. You might find that same yeah. thing. It's not the Book of Mormon. It's not your no. fucking indoctrination of hate that is bringing and the family together. I <laughs> promise you those children fucking hate family time uh-huh. when the Book of Mormon is brought in. And the parents so do too because yeah, it's super fucking boring. It's like check the box. Woo-hoo. Yes, but you get momentary relief. Okay. Oh so that God. was my little PSA of like, I know I'm judgmental as hell. I know that. I know it. But I learned it from you. But I learned it from you. And I am <laughs> happy to sit down with someone and to talk about that because because seriously, like make it make sense. Prove me wrong. You yeah. know, like this yeah. is why we're sisters from another mystery. I know. Because I struggle with judgment and criticism so hard. Mm-hmm. And I learned it from my mother who learned yeah. it from her mother yeah. who learned it from yeah. her mother. Yeah. Um, the church was all wrapped up in that right. as right. well because my right. mother was a serious churchgoer. So oh, yeah. it's hard to extract all of that. Yeah. So I think we're going to table any more discussions about Mormonism. And, you know, yeah. I do. You know what I want to talk about on a future podcast, though, yeah. is definitions of sin. I, Ooh, when you said that, yeah. I was like, okay, that's interesting. What is yeah. sin to all of us? That's a great idea. I would like to talk about that. Okay. But okay. for now, we're going to take our final commercial break, come back and do some patron names. All right. Okay. You're right back. We're back. All right, patrons. How are we going to do What's a patron? What's a patron? Yeah. A patron is a financial supporter on Patreon. I like it. I think we should force Diana to come <gasps> up with all the force. names. Force. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I, uh, right before we do this, do we, we can remind up? people if they would like to financially support us, visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. Remember, 10% of all the money we bring in from Patreon goes to Flourish Therapy, Therapy who helps... Uh, Basically, LGBTQ plus populations in Utah, which is so needed because Utah sucks with all the Mormons, and <laughs> anyone who is not Mormon tends to suffer. So Yay, mental health helping. services. Yes. 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 I know. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. So, uh, did we want to categorize these patron names somehow? You know how we always come up with goofy— I don't know. How okay. How do we get stuck in this rut? I started it. And I did just uh, say that. Uh, of patron uh, names. I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, what what's my task? What's here? our category? Well, so we basically give new names going by the first letter of the last first letter the of last, last, name. last name. So for example, all right, thank you, Christopher K. Christopher K. So what a, a word with K. Right, but is it thematic from this Let's week's not discussion? Be thematic. Let's just have some fun with it. Let's make Diana come up with something fun with the letter K. All right, I'm just gonna do like First word association. So I thought Christopher Knickerbocker. I like <laughs> okay. it. Silent K. I like it. Tricky, tricky. tricky. <laughs> Christopher's going to be like, my last name is going to start with an N. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is I, that what Christopher's going to do? Is that what he is sounds that, like? Is that what is that, you know <laughs> Christopher's going to right, right, like <laughs> right now he said that. Christopher <laughs> okay. Knickerbocker, you're welcome. Okay. Next is Allison H. Allison Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, smarty pants. Are we talking oh, about smarty pants? Because about, I made because I said Hemingway. Uh-huh. Are you talking about the six-toed cat Hemingway? Uh-huh. What? 
Huh? From wh- for whom Hemingway. the bell tolls. Wait, yeah. we're talking about the guy that had all the polydactyl cats that we saw. Yeah, in- I mean, that's the most famous Hemingway, probably. Anyway, Allison Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I don't know. You just completely were on the outside all of right. that conversation. Next. Lauren. Okay, every time there's a Lauren. I know. To, so it's L-A-U-R-E-N. Lauren. Lauren. Okay, Lauren. Hopefully it's not Lauren. Lauren <laughs> M. Lauren Monticello. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just huh. all over the place. That was very historic. Okay. Seriously, just what comes to my brain, honestly. Uh, yeah. This is uh, a little peek into— This is not advocacy for Thomas Jefferson no, in any way. No, no, no. no. Suck, okay. suck it, Tom. No. All right. <laughs> suck it, Tom. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so this one we don't actually need a name because clearly this person didn't want us to butcher their name. I hope this is really their real name. Well, I doubt it. But, I mean, it could be. If it is, let us know. Adam, A-T-O-M, like Adam, like a molecule. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Atom Lavender Green. Adam Lavender Green. It's so fancy. That is fancy. Did we just out this person by saying all of the names? I think uh, you're probably right that it's probably not the real name. <laughs> also, I think it's, I think it might be okay. Okay, you think so? Good. Well, Atom Lavender Green, thank you. Lastly, Melissa W. Melissa Willow. Okay. Oh, I couldn't come up with I was going to say good. Walla Walla Washington. Oh, I like I it. Want all I want like Melissa Willow Walla Walla Washington. <laughs> yes. Okay. I like that. That's and good. Wallaby. <laughs> Melissa Willow Walla Walla Washington Wallaby. We Aww. just traveled all over the globe with yeah, that last name, yeah, I think. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Melissa. Sorry about that, Melissa, by the way. That's five. We had magic number five. Woo. Boom. Always. Seriously. It's amazing how that happens. Five. Again. Huh. How about that? Yeah. So I think we're wrapped up on this episode. Yeah. Thanks so Thank too. you, Diana. It was really nice to be back. I want to have you more back. often. I'm here. I'm COVID here. is now here, somewhat in the past here in Northern Virginia. Uh, unless you're not vaccinated no, and you're struggling with no, a Delta variant. Which is. So there's no, that. No, but seriously, still wear your mask. Be safe, please. Yeah. Let's keep it, let's, okay. let's keep it contained. Um, follow me on TikTok. Because we have more of these ex-Mormon oh, right. conversations. We're building a little community yeah. over there. Remind listeners of Diana Darkly. Darkly. D- yes. D-A-R-K-L-Y. So is it at Diana Darkly? I guess that's how you find is it, it on TikTok. That, I don't know. All these at things. It seems like. I know. It, it, I know your fans love Facebook. I. Uh, I not should. your thing? No, it's not okay. my thing. But TikTok and Instagram, Diana Darkly. There you go. Good to know. That's and, all. We uh, got that's it. Good job. it. Let's thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. And, and for pulling it for out. Pulling <laughs> it out. That's our new thing. <laughs> I don't Dan. know if that's going to stay we, in the Hopefully episode. we can find a way. Because pull so it out, Dan. Work that in. Pull it out, Dan. That's staying it. Whoa. That's staying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dan right now in his class I guess that's true. Flushing. The people that listen wouldn't ever hear pull it out, Dan, because he would have pulled it out. Oh. <laughs> right? That's true. Yeah. Did we make him blush again? I hope. I'm, oh, I'm Dan blushing. is so blushing. No, I'm not blushing. <laughs> All right, funny. All right. And everybody, please steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.